Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as Tifa Project for short, a podcast show that features stories and life lessons told by American women of Filipino descent. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos. And I'm Nani Dominguez. And thank you for joining us. If today's conversation resonates with you, text us and let us know at 415-484-8329. And if you want to show us some love, buy us boba at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jen and Nani. It says coffee, but we love boba. Again, that's www.buymeacoffee.com slash Jen and Nani. Awesome. With that said, thank you all for your love and support. Now let's get into the show. All right, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as Tifa Project for short. I am your founder and co-host, Jen Amos, and I represent the listeners of the show who are estranged to their family, but I also have my co-host with me who likes to roll in deep with her family on the show. So Nani Dominguez, welcome back. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yeah, we are just extremely excited because once again, we are getting to know more and more of Nani's family. But before we go ahead and introduce them, let me do some quick announcements here. At the time of this recording, our academic paper, Panay Podcasters, Building a Self-Sustaining Community Through Storytelling, Collective Healing, and Learning and Collaboration is now available at PanayPodcasters.com. So go ahead and check that out. You could also see the replay of our workshop that we did at the Bulosan Philippine X Studies Virtual Research Conference. So once again, if you want to check that out. It's available now, panaipodcasters.com. Nani, any quick thoughts on, I know we've been bringing it up throughout all the weeks by now, but I think we (laughs) have a good break since then. So any thoughts since, you know, it's been a break, it's been like a week or two since we've really talked about this. Yes. No, I feel like we have been trying to amplify this paper everywhere because it was a huge labor of love to create it and to get it to the stage or the format that it's in now. And it will continue to change as we continue to work on it and do other things with it. But we're just really excited to share it with you guys. And if you haven't already watched our conference or our workshop from the Bulosan Center conference, then check that out at pinipodcasters.com. And there you can also find the paper. I've had a few people actually already reach out to me saying they Yeah, saying they did read it and that they really liked it, that they were really impressed. And yeah, so there's a lot more to get into. I feel like I've been doing nothing but talking about this paper. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I'm going to just let you check it out on your own, (laughs) panipodcasters.com. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, for our conversation today, if this resonates with you, remember, you could always text us or leave us a voice message at 415-484-8329. So once again, that's 415-484-8329. And you know what, Nani, I realize I promote the number a lot, but sometimes people aren't ready to give their numbers. So if you want to email us, our emails are Jen, that's J-E-N at T-F-A-W project.com or Nani, N-A-N-I at Tifa project.com. All right. Well, that's it. That's all my announcements. It was the fastest announcements I've ever given so far because we are in for a special treat today. Nani, will you please do the honors of introducing your family on our show? Yes, our guest today, one of which you guys have already met, my two aunties, my auntie Fredette or Marie, you guys know her as Marie, sorry. <laughs> and my auntie Jen, auntie Jen and Fredette, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. So quick question for you, Marie. What's it like to be back? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Jeez. A lot of the same feelings. So nervous. 
excited, anxious, but happy to be here. Nonetheless, I think it's great to be able to share things with people in a way that you wouldn't normally get to, you know, you can only share so much on social media and, you know, talking, but this is one way to kind of share our views and our, our stories with a lot of people. And I'm sure that it resonates and it's kind of a happier side to things to a blended family. Yeah. Well, um, we're really, we're really happy to have you back here, Marie. And you're right. I think that one thing I love about podcasting is I kind of like to describe it as long form media. And we are in a very fortunate time where we're not just submitting to the headlines and mainstream media and just snippets of, you know, what's going on. It's like, we have the time to thoroughly tell our stories on a medium such as podcasting. So I appreciate you saying that and yeah, welcome back to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And Auntie Jen is my first time meeting you virtually. So welcome to the show, first and foremost. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, tell us, I mean, first and foremost, I'm curious to know what compelled you to say yes to join us on our show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Fredette just texted me one day and was like, oh, hey, you want to do a podcast with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And who was I talking to? I don't know if I told Kali'i or I can't remember who I was talking to. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast with that's how everybody knows her, you know, around yeah. us is, and then, and they go, oh, so you don't have to talk much. <laughs> She'll do all the talking. And I went, I went, oh yeah. I said, that'll be good. I can just go off of what. <laughs> just let her lead. Yes. Let her yeah, lead. Kind of. I was like, oh, I love it. I was like, yes, wow. yes. She's good at that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, well, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. I think it's funny because, you know, normally when Nani and I are co-hosting, I'm usually initiating conversation and Nani usually tags along or paraphrases what I say. So I feel like it sounds like we have some parallels here going on in our relationships, but whichever one wants to go first, tell us a little bit about your relationship, because I know offline, we talked a little bit about how we're a blended family here. So maybe Marie, do you want to go first on that? Okay. Well, I was married, which a lot of people that know me now don't always know, like the backstory. I was married for a long time and I was married to Jen's ex-husband and <laughs> the father of her son, her baby daddy. But, and so <laughs> I don't know how to explain that, but even back then, like, I feel like because we knew each other, my sister, which you also know, <laughs> And right, Jen, Auntie you know, Laura, her, right? yes. Yes. yeah, we had her on Auntie the show. Laura. So, okay, so I mean, so she was friends with Jen. So I feel like we knew each other and we've always had a good relationship. Like, we never really had a bad one. I mean, we like bumped heads about things, but I feel like we just didn't have, I don't know, like we didn't start off in a bad place, I think. And I was at her wedding to Jason. I mean, like, I just feel like at this point, we shared a lot of like, really big moments with each other. And I was never bitter of that relationship because it produced their son, who's a very big part of my life. And I'm glad they have that relationship and all of that because it's part of my family. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Auntie Jen, do you want to add along <laughs> to what Marie? And we're going to be using Marie and Fredette interchangeably because yeah. you know, the dualities, just like She's with Nani has, a, has a government name, we call her Nani on the show. But Auntie Jen, anything you want to add upon what Marie shared? She's about right. So she was married to my ex-husband, which is Nani's <laughs> uncle, her dad's brother. And gosh, it's funny because we started out as a small group, right? 
Patricia, and, yeah. and yeah. being like this humongous, which side do I go to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the holidays. <laughs> so yeah, I was married to Mike and we have one son together, Kali'i, which is your only, would it be your only first cousin on that side? My only yeah, blood right? cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. Only blood cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. I mean, really you've got a million because of now, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have but a million. I mean, in the beginning, it was, in the beginning, the beginning it was just, it was just yeah. you and Kali'i. And then Fredette came along and brought you four other and then who else I don't know who else there is but yeah from there we grew and we've always you know like she said there was little rough times every now and again but for the most part we got along she was at my wedding we were at all celebrations pretty much together I think really our relationship got closer when Mike's mom passed yeah you know yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, think so too. That was a hard time. Yeah. For yes. Sure. That would mm-hmm. be my grandma for anyone who listens to this show and hears me talk about her all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can connect the dots now. Yeah. So yeah. I know it's confusing because we have different perspectives here, but basically mm-hmm. I know both of these aunties through my mm-hmm. uncle D or Mike, who also <laughs> can go by different names. Yeah, who you're talking to. Things. I feel like he he needs to be in this conversation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, no, please don't. Please. Don't. <laughs> He's not ready. He's not ready. No, no boys on the no, show no. anyway. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Join us on Christmas of Jen and Ani on biasnova.com if you want his perspective. But this is a woman's perspective today. Yes. yes okay, right. then. So yeah, D or Uncle Mikey, he was married to my Auntie Jen first, who's known me since I was born. And at the time, like she said, it was just us. It was basically me and my dad and my mom for some time, I guess, while they were still together. And then Auntie Jen, D and Klee. And then I think I was around nine, eight or nine or 10 or somewhere around then when D and my Auntie Fredette got married and like Auntie Jen said, she brought me four more cousins. So yeah, the dynamic quickly changed from it just being Kali'i and I to then a whole gang of kids and cousins or siblings for you guys, but cousins for me that we're just pretty much always together and doing everything together. So that is kind of the backstory from my perspective. (laughs) Yeah. sounds like you all have just a mutual respect for each other to, you know, have this blended yeah. family. I'm curious if it was always that way or did it kind of blossom into that way throughout the years? I find blended family so fascinating because even in my own family, I don't have a lot of fam like my relatives, like they kind of, once they're married, they're married. Or if, you know, it's just kind of my understanding, like it's rare to me, like unless someone passes away, like a spouse passes away and then they remarry, you know, let's say the next year, like my grandpa did, you know, even though it, he got married. Okay. I'm going to save that for another time. But <laughs> anyway, the only time I have found that we remarry is, you know, if someone passes away, but it's very rare in my own family to have experienced divorce. And so I'm, you know, fairly you know, I know so little about blended families and I'm curious to know, because obviously we're all on this conversation today, has this, I guess, harmony in a sense in your relationships always been this way? I think that it has, because I feel like I didn't go to it not liking her to begin with. Like I already met her prior to dating Mike, like, you know what I mean? And then going through all of that, I kind of feel like I walked in completely open. That was my sister and her were friends already. So like, I liked her. And then I feel like she was really, she's always been kind to me. Like from the day that I like moved back 
to the Bay Area because I was living in Colorado at the time. So when I was moving back to be with Mike, like, I mean, like we've never had a weirdness or anything. And I feel like if anything, I mean, it's kind of the flip side of things. I feel like it was so easy for us to kind of just deal with things together that it almost kind of like Mike was kind of like, wait, you can't just make plans with her without checking with me. You know what I mean? Like there's other like- He was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, well, it doesn't matter. It just makes more sense because we both knew what the calendar was. Like if she gave it to him, he would still have to check with me. I mean, like we had a really good, as good as a blended family could be. Like we would sit together. I mean, I've even been a, been sitting in the stands with Jason, who's Jen's husband, completely mm-hmm. stepdad. Like I've been sitting with him. Like it's just been a good, it's been a good situation because at the end of the day, we're all really just there supporting the kids and stuff like that. I feel like it's kind of been easy like that. And then they, my kids, like, you can't change it. Like, my kids would want to sleep over. Like, if it's not my weekend and he has to go back to his mom's house, my kids would want to go with him. So, I mean, like, it just kind of would make things easier if we got along than not. Yeah, I love that. And I'm really just asking from a place of genuine curiosity, because like I mentioned, my family, I don't know a lot of I mean, one of my cousins I'm aware of has like remarried like years ago and his ex has remarried. And yeah, there's this whole blended family situation, but I haven't like witnessed it firsthand or experienced what it's like to be around that kind of situation. So I think it's very fascinating. And Auntie Jen, is there anything you want to add upon what Marie shared? I think, you know, like she said, we've always been a blended family, just a background on my husband comes from a blended family as well. So like from the beginning, when I remarried, I came into a relationship with him where both his parents were remarried and Mm -hmm. both his parents came from a family of like seven or eight siblings that still lived in the area. And a lot of them were remarried. So he helped me navigate being in a blended family, if that makes sense. And the kids loved each other. I mean, he came home and he was like, you know, He was like, those are my brothers and sisters. I have to say, at first, it was a little difficult just as a parent hearing, you know, all of a sudden you have all these siblings and new parents. But I mean, you know, quickly they became family. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was rough times every now and again, but that's with any family. But we had, I mean, that's easy to get along with. She's fun to get along with. We make jokes (laughs) all the time, (laughs) which is funny. It's like we're the ex-wives club <laughs> like it literally is like we said like he sure knows how to pick them kind of you know? <laughs> it's just we'll hilarious when we're together I think and they're like yeah who are they oh well, the chef that's my ex-wife and that's my ex-wife <laughs> yeah yeah and then like yeah so it is kind of funny when we're around together and then you gotta think too like now like our kids are older so I mean it, it is different like it's so much fun to be around each other. Like, oh, let's have Try a drink. Like, everybody. Really, yeah, we don't have to watch anybody. We don't have to deal with anything. Like, this is mm-hmm. a great time. So it's just a good time now. And I feel like also, I mean, we've gone through a lot. There's been so many changes, even in all of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, like with parents and with other, you know, other kids being born and now grandkids. Like it's, we've gone through a lot of things, good, bad. And so I'm like, and now you can only laugh because we're so mellow now. And maybe because I also <laughs> smoke a lot of weed, but I'm just like chill. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. About everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot more chill now. 
Yeah, for <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, and then, or the kids will laugh or they'll say, or, you know, they'll laugh because we got, I don't have really anybody to gossip about my kids with, but her, like, yeah. Well, who am I going to gossip with or my sister, which yeah. is a whole nother combo, but yeah. And that's, you know, Jen and I are working on a project offline with Fredette or Marie where I remember you kind of touching on this a little bit and the approach that you have to blended families or even just exes in general for anyone that you date now. And, you know, your your concept is just, it's so foreign to me because of my experience. And it's also so admirable because of that reason, you know, like when we were kids, like I was saying offline, I've had step-parents of my own, which I just I didn't have that experience. It was complete opposite for me. I hated my last stepmom. And even to the point where when me and Mo were kids, I used to like talk to her and I would be like, just trying to find someone to relate to. Like, are you sure you like D? Like, why do you guys have such a good relationship? Like, don't you hate him? Like, I kind of wanted her to hate him just so someone would like understand how I felt, you know? And, you know, now that I get older and I can hear you talking about these things and see you guys together and the dynamic that the two of you have, it's like, oh, well, it really depended a lot on like how she approached me too, you know, because I just wonder like how you guys develop those relationships with each other's kids so quickly to where there was never that like tension or that like wall up that I had with my previous stepmom. I think it just is organic. I think you kind of, it can't just be forced. Like I know a lot of times like people try to really force these relationships and it's just something that happens over time and organically, like generally saying like you are going to butt heads. Like I think you're going to butt heads with everybody that you deal with in a, in a close relationship, even with friends, you're going to mm-hmm. butt heads. But I think like the only thing that's different now than what it was before is maybe my approach to things. Like before, I've always wanted to like hit it head on, but head on looks different now to me than it once was. I'm a little bit more mindful of the words that I choose when I speak <laughs> to people because there's once they're, they're out there, you can't retract them at all, yeah. even when you don't mean them. Yeah. And I'm like, go for the jugular all the time. So <laughs> I just like, oh yeah, I just, oh yeah. I let it. For that's different than she was as a young mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just am so I I swear she to you, had I, four young kids. I mean, that was a yeah, yeah. and, and Lee, five young kids. <laughs> just said and like throwing up too, like all of that, like all the kids. Oh, all that was just stuff, like, I thought that was just Cleetie that threw up all the time. <laughs> all of them. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Kalee always throwing up or having a nosebleed. <laughs> yeah. Car sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he always wanted to be with his brother. So like she said, organically, I mean, he got along with his stepbrothers, which he doesn't even, let's not even say stepbrothers, right. his brothers, right. his brothers. Right. And right. he like, he loved them from the beginning. He always wanted to be around yeah. them. He's never used, yeah. he's honestly in his blended family. He's never used those words. No, there's never a step. There was never a half. Mm-hmm. There was never anything yeah. like that. I, and to this day, he still doesn't. So I have to go, who? Who are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, which one? And so. even like with Esai, Jen's, Jen's son with Jason, his brother, like my kids love him and have known him like his whole life too. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's just, it's like they always, they would want to be over there. And it was right. like, okay, like, what am I going to do? You know, I mean, so I, 
yeah, they would want to, they would always want to go over there. Please, please. You know, I really appreciate that verbiage of, you know, rather than saying step sibling or step brother, step sister, you just say brother, sister. And I feel like that's very indicative of the Filipino community as a whole, right? Where it's like, oh, that's my aunt. I mean, I mean, she's not like married in, it's like a family friend, but that's my aunt, right? Just like with my cousin, it's like, we all have this way of really making people feel like family. And even as a blended family, not even using the term step, I think is pretty incredible. I mean, again, I don't have a lot of experience with it. So it's to hear the verbiage, like all I know is what gets shown on media and how people like make it look like, you know, you go head to head with like the exes and, you know, the, you know, Cinderella story, right? Like the older stepsister is that you think of it in that way. But I just really love that you both are a testament of what blended family I believe looks like today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Nadia, I want to get any thoughts. <laughs> I did just have a thought more on just wondering how you guys cultivated this relationship. And I guess, Auntie Jen, this is more of a question for you because I do have the context from Fredette on how she, you know, just doesn't enter into relationships wanting to like beef with her ex's exes in general. And so I think that helps a lot. But, you know, for you as someone who, I don't know if you had already met Jason at the time that Fredette came into our lives or Mm -hmm. if that was after, you know, without his help, navigating that kind of blended dynamic how were you feeling when she first came around were you like skeptical like who is this chick coming around my kid or was it just automatically from the jump like oh Klee seems to really like their family like you know as long as he's good I'm good (laughs) that's exactly it Mm -hmm. of course I was a little skeptical at first Mike had some sketch people around (laughs) (laughs) to say the least yes he's like laughing And I met Jason prior to she that's how come like Fredette said she came to our wedding because when Jason and I got married is when I think shortly after is when Mike and Fredette she moved from Colorado here and she came to the wedding. And then after that, I mean, we pretty much were a blended family and it wasn't hard at first. I wouldn't say that it was like simple, but, you know, we just grew as a family it takes time, just like with any other family. You just have to go with everything. And and really, my priority was how Klee felt. And Klee mm-hmm. loved them. So I had to love them, you know. And, and in the end, if you had any beef with anything, I mean, who does that hurt? If there's nothing physically or, you know, mentally happening, what kind of beef are you supposed to have? What are you supposed to be? What are you mad at if you don't get along? I always hear from other people with their blended families, oh, you get along with them? Why wouldn't I? Why would you make it difficult on yourself? You're going to be a part of that person's life for the rest of your life. Why wouldn't you love them? Or or at least, yes. Yeah, you're going to be in that child's life for the rest of your life. They're going to be family forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so why wouldn't yeah. we love each other? So yeah. I just think I just, you, you have to make it simple for yourself. Right. Yeah. And I love how you guys both come with that approach, like regardless of any judgments or opinions that you guys could have had about each other, it was more so like, you know, I'm doing this for the benefit of our family and, you know, regardless of how you felt about each other or felt about D at the time, you know, which also is like he's, an interesting factor. He's, he's a factor. good guy. Let's not yeah. make him sound like <laughs> No, 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 no. Of course not. But just like, you know, ex, ex baby daddy or ex-husband coming around with right, a new right, wife right. in general. Most people are going to yeah. be like, 
who the fuck is this? You know, but yeah. Exactly. yeah and I mean, we don't mean to like press that stereotype on you two. I think that's why we're talking about this. Cause it's so fascinating, you know, like right. it's, it's right, fascinating right. the best way possible yeah. between, with all those names. Right. When you use those names, there's a connotation of, uh, you know, X and step yeah. and, and that's not how it is. We're a big blended right. family. Yeah. And the thing that you guys also have to understand too, there is also a difference because Jen did not want to be with Mike at all. Like when I started dating him, like if anything, Mike still loved Jen. I, I like was nervous at her wedding. Like he, he did the other thing. And I feel like that's why, okay, that's another show, but that's why, I <laughs> that's why the other stuff before me didn't work out really. And I was just more like, eh. I mean, like I could live with that. I get, I get it. Like at that point, I love Jen too. I understood. Like, <laughs> like, like we're liking her. I, I get it. But then it, it got to be like, he would be like, are you guys laughing about me? Because we did have, we we had inside jokes then. We have inside jokes now. I think no. we have inside jokes forever. forever. Like, and it's just funny. I feel like we could, she can read me. Like I could look at her from another part of the room and she already knows, like she's trying to look at what I'm trying to tell her without me telling her, I mm-hmm. swear to you. <laughs> and so I just feel like it's like a friendship that just happened over, like it's been a long time now. Yeah. And we've, we've shared a lot of like big events, good and bad with each other. And I think like, like, yeah, I'm like, I my kids wouldn't imagine like to not have her have her and Jason and their family included in our stuff yeah so it's it's nice I feel like there is a happy side of everything and if you can't for anybody that's either contemplating or being with anybody or you have a choice to be in a blended family or not if you cannot unconditionally love those children on either side of that situation I would say don't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking do it because we're, we're creating, you know, trauma and things that those children are then going to need. Yeah. You know, therapy and healing from. So like, you know, what, if you have a choice, like don't put that on anybody, like leave that situation because there's, if, if that's not the situation for you, there's another situation for you, but you know, think about that because yeah. there's even a lot of things I would have done different. It's the kids. It's the kids that you you worry about. It's they're growing up. They're the influence you have on them at that age. When well, for us, when they were that age, yeah. is huge. How do they grow up? What is their mindset? That's what I always thought. Is how's he thinking? What is he thinking? And yeah. what are you know? What's her kids thinking? And that's what yeah. my mindset was. Yeah. When I hear you both talk, I just, I really admire the fact that you both look beyond yourselves in a sense and look at the community as a whole. And it's like, it's like, why would we want to make it more complicated for ourselves? Like, let's simplify this, you know, let's, let's do this for the collective. And obviously it benefits the collective. Right. And so I just, you know, I like listening to you both just talk about this out loud and even just the type of verbiage and the way that you approach the relationships and each other, I think is just quite astounding. You know, especially for me, I often talk to Nani about this and even on the show, like how estranged I am to a lot of my family. So I like to live vicariously through Nani's stories of her and her big, you know, blended family all over the West Coast, you know? And so, you know, Nani, with everything that Marie and, and Auntie Jen shared, any additional thoughts you wanted to add? Yeah, no, I just, I think it speaks to your relationship really speaks to both you guys as mothers individually and how like forefront you carry that with your identity. And, you know, it's just more important than anything, I think is the point of what we're trying to say here was how the two of you getting along 
added to the family experience or added to the family's bond rather than, you know, making the kids again, have like some kind of trauma or have some kind of complex about something that was taken away from them or something that they felt was being taken away from them. It's like, you guys really, you both, because you guys were able to get along, you really added to their experience and look at them today. I mean, closer yeah. than ever, thicker than yeah. blood, whatever the saying is, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we you know it. what? I mean, and you're part can of I, that. You're, yeah. Like, can I add also, Grammy Edna always brought everybody together too. She always made sure like she would take Kali'i to football practice when I had him, my weeks that I would have him from Vallejo to Concord to Clayton Yeah, every single day. I was like, okay, if you want to do it, I'm not doing it. And then come pick me up in Oakland <laughs> yeah, and take yeah, us and all to church. <laughs> yeah. So she yeah. had a big part of it too. She did a lot to keep them together. Yeah. So for sure, for sure, for sure. Wow. I love that. I really love how we opened up with this conversation about blended families and both of your relationship. And so, and to our listeners, if you want to learn a little bit more about Maria's background, she was on our show episode 96 back in March 5th, 2021. Wow. So much has happened. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That was three months ago. Could you believe? I know. No. (laughs) Like so much. And I feel like every time I I caught up with you, like there was always something new also. So, I mean, three months is like forever ago. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, that old thing. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Times have changed for sure. But Auntie Jen, I want to go ahead and get to know you a little bit more if you're open to sharing a little bit about yourself to our listeners. So typically on our show, being the Filipino American Woman Project, we always like to ask people a little bit about their family history and, you know, what does it mean to be a Filipino American woman today? And so would you like to share a little bit about your family background and, you know, what the label, what the, you know, the theme of Filipino American woman means to you? Well, I'm the middle of three girls. My parents came from the Philippines. Mm. So I'm first generation here. And I wish, you know, like as a Filipino woman, I like the fact that you girls are doing more to make it aware how our culture is. Because Mm -hmm. when my parents moved here, I feel like Filipinos assimilate well to other cultures. Yeah. And And we were losing out on our culture. And I like the fact that we're getting back to roots because I think to myself, because my husband, he's Mexican Mm -hmm. and we both talk to each other about, gosh, we need to really make sure we teach our children our culture because really in reality, it'll die with us, you know, with them, that is, if they don't learn. And so my kids are, you know, they're blended. And so I think to myself, this is really like, as a Filipino woman, I need to pass on that culture. I understand Filipino are actually my parents are Kapangpangan. And so I don't know Tagalog very well. And then I was telling them how, like, I could still make out most of Tagalog, but like when we go places, I forget that they don't understand any of it Mm because I can't teach them that. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's nice that you guys are doing what you're doing by passing on the culture and making women aware of the Filipino culture. I really like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Auntie Jen. I mean, I started this show like not knowing a lot about my culture myself and even my family lineage. And part of starting the show was to piece it together through other people's narratives. And so I feel like, you know, Nani and I collectively a hundred episodes eight later, I feel like, I feel like for me, I know so much more about Filipino culture, all thanks to people who've been on the show. And so 
and, you know, obviously assimilation existed for a reason. And now we are in a time and space. And we talk about this in our paper, PanayPodcasters.com, where, you know, you could actually excavate now. You can go back in time and talk about our history and our narrative and really bring it to light today. Because I think, again, going back to the power of podcasting, you know, we have that opportunity now to tell our stories. And so I really appreciate you acknowledging that because sometimes, you know, Nani and I are in the thick of it that I don't realize the impact that we're making until Nani tells me like, oh, people have reached out about the paper already. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know the impact Mm -hmm. we've been making. So I just really appreciate you bringing that to light for us. You're welcome. Yeah, it's very affirming. Yeah, I was just thinking about what you said about how it's easier or it seems easier because of maybe the lack of historical context that we have that Filipinos can just easily assimilate into other cultures. And I think that there is a big aspect of that that's true because we are so kind of easy to get along with. We're very collectivist and that makes it easy for us to kind of blend in in a lot of different spaces, not just in America, but in all the other places. I mean, Filipinos are everywhere around the world. And we're going to be actually interviewing my dad soon. <laughs> I think that his interview will probably come out. I know. <laughs> Talk about Christmas. <laughs> his interview oh, wow. is going to be coming out soon, like close to this one. So stay tuned for that. I'm but really I, like shared, I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> yeah, that'll be in case our listeners are wondering. Yes, we are bringing on Nani's dad for the first time on our show at Chismas with Jen and Nani, which you can have access to at biasboba.com. Of course, Marie and Auntie Jen will definitely give you the hookup if you want to listen to that conversation um, for free. No worries. Just so you know, it's being recorded. So obviously I can't lie about that, but I'm just really excited about that. And, you know, we've been talking about this with Chismas with Jen and Nani, how we want to be able to bring on people in our lives to have deeper conversations about, you know, what our experiences are with other people that aren't Filipino American women, you know, on our show. And so I'm just really excited to have your dad. Like, I feel like it's a, like an odd confrontation in like, in a weird way, but I'm really just excited because I know that he's been listening to the show. I know he's been giving you feedback. You did get your microphone, you know, and I'm just excited to finally meet the man, you know, that you talk a lot about. For sure. Yeah. No, like I was saying, I had, well, I came up with this long list of questions because you guys know my dad and how (laughs) non-talkative he can be and kind of closed off. (laughs) You can't even imagine. Right. (laughs) And so like Jen said, I feel like, you know, in our minds, it might be this like informal, like confrontation kind of thing. But anyway, I shared this long list of questions that I came up with for him to try and like excavate this information from him. And he was like, yeah, I know you and Jen are going to grill me about assimilation. And, you know, I just, I don't necessarily agree with all the hardship that you always talk about on your show. And, you know, it just, that wasn't my experience. And so I think that speaks to a lot of what Auntie Jen was saying about Filipinos being able to assimilate pretty easily into the American culture here and basically him trying to defend that as his experience, as also someone whose parents came from the Philippines, but also he did too, actually, because he was born there. So yeah, it's just always interesting to get the different perspectives and hear the different Mm -hmm. background stories since there hasn't been a lot recorded in terms of like history books or ethnic studies or, you know, information that's just like readily available to us. And so we're trying to change that and That's why we always ask that question and everyone's answer looks different. And I think it's difficult for a lot of us to 
you know, like you just did step back and be like, wait, how am I a Filipino American woman? <laughs> you know, like, what does that even mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. no, I mean, and there's no, there's no answer, you know, yeah, there's, there's no right. answer. I don't think there's a perfect answer we're looking for. It's really like, you know, really the show is like, well, you happen to be of Filipino descent. Tell us your story. You know, right. like, where does that come from for you? You know, and and so, yeah, ever since I started with the name, I have found that in every conversation, the definition continues to expand. And, you know, we've even brought on, you know, a Filipina Canadian, you know, recently on our show to tell her narrative and how she has a lot of family here in America. So she's very familiar with what's going on here in America. So the stories that come out of the question are always very fascinating, is what I was trying to say. So, you know, Marie, I know that obviously people can go ahead and check out your last episode 96 if they want to learn more about your background. But I'm curious if yeah. you had any thoughts, you know, based on, you know, what Auntie Jen shared as well as what Nani shared. Any thoughts you wanted to add to the conversation? I mean, that really sums it up. I mean, we're really in a good space. I'm shocked that you got, if anything, I'm shocked that you're interviewing her dad. Um, <laughs> we're going back to that. Like, like, wait a minute. What are you doing? Then? What are you we doing? are doing this. And next what questions weekend. are you asking? <laughs> Actually, we're doing that this weekend. And then yeah. hopefully it can be released sometime for like Father's Day. Cause I just realized that that oh. is coming up soon. Oh yeah. 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 That's, so that might be a cool like are Father's you, Day special. Yeah. But wait, are you guys like going like deep? Yeah. I mean, I have a whole page full of questions for him. And he said, <laughs> I, I know that you do, but I'm saying like, are you wanting to do like, you're like, like really pregnant right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's also why I wanted to do it. Just like when we had you and Mo on and I wanted it to be kind of like capturing a moment in time for baby Mia. I also want to capture this moment in time for my son and also to get my dad's kind of thoughts on that, you know, because my dad always wanted a boy. He really wanted me to be a boy. And ever since he's just been surrounded by girls, even now, like all his stepkids, all his step grandkids, yeah. or I guess we can just call them grandkids. They're his grandkids, yeah, yeah. you know, are but girls. Yeah, you're right. Holy so finally he's we- getting his first boy and it's kind of like history repeating itself because with me, I was for my grandma, my grandma, Edna, who first, we were talking about. Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she always mm-hmm. wanted a girl and she ended up having all boys. <laughs> and then came me and I was the first grandchild plus the first girl. So wow. we had like, you know, like I talk about often on the show, a really, really special relationship, a very, very deep bond. And I just am so curious to see like how my dad is going to be with my son what kind of relationship they're going to have. So I'm going to ask him a lot of questions to try and just like see where his head is at with that, you know? Oh, wow. I mean, okay. Okay. I'm just saying like, I just like, okay, good luck. Trust me, I'm managing my expectations. I mean, I know, but I know Jen and I just, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I just, I, I think she's a good person to interview him. She can ask the questions that are tough. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I he listens that, to the show. So I think, you know, I, I, I let him know that too. I was like, yeah, Jen is excited to meet you. And, <laughs> you know, I have my list of questions that I shared with her and I shared with you, but mainly they're, you know, obviously my questions. Wait, um, but did you share them with him already? Mm-hmm. He wanted me to. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, oh, that's good. This is okay, a nice team effort. Okay. 
okay then then that's okay all right so it's I'm not okay a confrontation it <laughs> so it's not no, it's yeah not really. no I wanted so I want to make it as like comfortable <laughs> as possible for him obviously I don't want to he can get easily his feathers ruffled yeah yeah exactly but I think Jen is also good at like you know mediating things like that as well and she knows enough about our relationship by now to where she has the context that she needs (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah okay well then then I'm excited for you guys then (laughs) yeah stay (laughs) tuned (laughs) I'm excited to listen to it I, as yeah. am I. I'm sure everyone is going to be wanting well, to do Do you want to have a watch party? I love it. I said, let me have a watch party. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Well, in the name of like passing Filipino culture down to your kids, I'm wondering just what that has looked like for you guys so far. Like, what are the ways that you guys have tried to do that? Aside from, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly for debt, but I feel like when we were younger, maybe like, I don't know how old I was, but I feel like you went through this whole phase of like learning Tagalog, didn't you? Well, I was born in the Philippines, so I feel like I always like spoke Tagalog, but my dad didn't want us to have any accents or anything. Mm. So he would like not want us to talk back in Tagalog. So I still like when I want to, or when I want to have a conversation, I still can do it completely and fluently like English, but it it does have an American accent. It's kind of broken and I really have to think about it, but I can hear it exactly of the way I hear English, but he just never, like I said, he just downplayed a lot of like Filipino things. And Mm -hmm. even like Auntie Jen said that, you know, learning about all of, I don't know why I call her Auntie Jen when I'm talking to you guys, but um, (laughs) Uh, that's weird but just learning even from some of the posts and stuff like that there's things that I don't know and sometimes I'm embarrassed like I that I don't know I mean like my kind of things that I have passed down I feel like our work ethic and you know just things that we do like I'm a neat freak or I'm like yeah Mm -hmm. like food that we cook things like that and just maybe the level of respect like you know that you give somebody when you're entering their home and or you know just things like that those kinds of cultures I mean we both dance which is not it's not Filipino but it's almost like a Filipino thing to dance (laughs) (laughs) I know it's kind of weird but we it's something that we shared with our kids and it's a big part of our life as well like I feel like those are the kinds of things that we've passed down to them it's like really kind of hard because I don't have like these deep seated like Filipino knowledge, you know, yeah, or anything sure. like that. And that's valid, that's, you know. It, yeah, I, I always want to like make sure to our guests that there's no pressure to know culture to be on the show. I mean, this is why right. the show exists because we don't know. Right. A lot of us don't know our culture, and so right. I think you know. And Nani was really just really asking from curiosity, like, do you, you know, do you try to hand down the culture? And if you do, how do you do that? You know, and and even if you don't, I mean, I think it's just as valid. Like, there's no shame if there's other things that take priority because. What I come to find, at least even for myself, it it took me till college to actually care about my culture. I didn't wait on my mom, you know, to teach me. Sometimes we figure it out later in life. And so although it's, you know, ideally expected of, you know, let's say the mother or the matriarch of the family to preserve culture, that's not always the case in our families, you know. And so even if you're not handing it down, I think eventually the kids will want to know that, especially as they have kids and, you know, they want their kids to preserve that culture. But I think that learning our culture 
comes in different seasons in our lives. And that's okay because, hey, we're always going to be Filipino. So we're bound to want to know that part of ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, and also right. we're the ones defining that. Like for me, I really just ask that more from a place of like wanting to understand the difference between the intention and the impact. For me, you know, you guys are the Filipino women that raised me and how I relate to my Filipina identity. And so for me, that was more so the things that you said that are more nuanced, you know, like coming into someone's house and kissing them, saying hi and bye, and having that kind of centering that family dynamic at the heart of everything that you do and every situation that you walk into. And so, you know, I went through that whole phase too, of just like, well, what really makes me Filipino? Like, how can I claim that? You know, like I don't speak the language, I eat the food. I don't know how to cook food because I don't cook really that much <laughs> at all. But, uh, you know, aside from just like the standard Filipino American ways of defining yourself as that, I didn't really know what that meant for me until I really started thinking like, how do I embody the things that you guys taught me, you know, mm -hmm. and the things that I have learned through you just from you passing them down, not necessarily sitting me down and like teaching me Tagalog or something like mm -hmm. that. So yeah, again, just trying to kind of understand the difference between the intent behind that versus the impact that it's had on me. I feel like, yeah, I mean, that number one thing is like very being very respectful of others. Like, I feel like that's a big Filipino trait, mm -hmm. you know, that I feel like most Filipinos have, you know what I mean? They're, they're kind, they'll respect their elders, you know, and, and all those good things. And so that's also something Pass yeah. Auntie Jen, I thought we'd figure ask you the same question as well. You know, how are you preserving culture? How are you handing it down? What does that look like for you and your family? Well, luckily for me, I have a grandchild and my daughter-in-law is going to be teaching. She got a job as a teacher and she's teaching the school that she's teaching at is going to want her to incorporate Filipino culture and teaching Filipino language. Nice. So she, wow. she yeah, she's going to be teaching kids. I mean, it's not going to be obviously like full on fluent Tagalog. It's just going to be certain words, things like that, cult mm -hmm. like parts, culture. So she'll be doing that for my grandchild. But for my kids, I kind of like, like you said, go do things when things happen. And I'll say, oh, that's what we do. You know, like if we go to a party, I'll go, you know, you got to kiss everybody. Those, those are all your aunts. And he's like, how am I related to him? I'm like, I don't know. You just talk. <laughs> I don't know. Just call them yeah. auntie. <laughs> yeah. Just call them yeah. auntie. And he's yeah. like, why? And you're like, because that's just what you do because everybody's your family. Yes. I kind of explain as things come up, you know, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about what it is to be a Filipino woman and how I would pass it down. And then I thought about how my aunt, who she passed quite some time ago, but she graduated from college in the Philippines with a master's in history, Filipino history. And when she used to live with us, she used to tell me Filipino history. And I'm like trying to think back of things she used to tell me. And like I said, one of the biggest things is the fact that Filipinos assimilated so well and that they were very generous. Mm -hmm. She told me one day when I was cooking rice, did you know that rice came from the Philippines? And I was like, she said it was cultivated in the Philippines, but we passed it on to people in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And then she said, I wanted to say, she said, and I might be getting it wrong, that from Singapore, it went to China. But she was saying 
that what happened was it started in the Philippines, but because we passed our knowledge, because we wanted to share our knowledge with everybody, whereas like she said, you know, other cultures would take and keep it for themselves. Mm. You know, they would never pass it on to us, but we were so giving. She said they took it and made it better and claimed it as their own. So no one would ever have known it would have, it started with us. Mm. She said, so, so those rice patties, she goes, the way they flooded them, and the way they cultivated them came from us. Yeah. So she wow. told me things like that. So I don't know if it's correct. I just went by what she knew because I believed she was very educated. She was very smart. She knew her history or her favorite his person in history was, I don't know his full, it, I just named, is it Rizal? Jose Rizal. Yes. Jose yeah. Rizal yeah. was who her paper was on. And I just, now I'm trying to think about all the things she told me because she was, like I said, she she was a historian. She knew these facts that I was like, really? And it fascinated me because if you were to look that up, I mean, you would never know that, right? I mean, yeah. And that's why it's so important to just have these casual conversations, passing these things down or passing these things on to each other, even if it's not to your kids, even to just other people in your own generation. It's like, we've all been starved of that kind of information. And then to tie something like that, the story about rice back to what's the story of rice in the Philippines today, the Philippines imports their rice today, which is wild. That was the point. Yes. Exactly. She said, she said, she said, why did we let that happen? You know, exactly, exactly. And so that just speaks to the level of corruption and it connects you to like, you know, the need for like activism, basically, and the history of activism in the Philippines, especially amongst Filipino women. And so, yeah, now I'm going off on a tangent, but that is the purpose of these conversations and asking those those difficult questions. That's like, hmm, how do I identify, you know, and remembering those little tidbits that you've picked up along the way, even if you didn't understand the context of them at the time. Right. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Thank you, Auntie Jen, for sharing that. And, you know, the benefit of, I think, our generation today is oral history. Like the way that we're going to collect history is this kind of fashion, like sharing what we learn from other people. And so I just think it's powerful. And I didn't know that. <laughs> like, if that's true, I did not know that. I was like, oh, we had rice, y'all. We started with this. <laughs> I learned I something I, today. <laughs> I'm about to piggyback on that. So that Suman, that's got to be us for sure. That sticky rice. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with that with us too. We're claiming that. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. So, you know, as things are starting to open up, I feel like life today is going to start to look different. Like, I don't know about all of you, but Nani and I were talking about this in our last live workshop with the Filipino Momcast that like now that things are opening up, I feel like 2020 was a dream. Like it just all the Zoom calls, like just everything we're doing virtually, it just feels like it didn't happen because people are just out and about now. Like even at the gym I go to, you don't have to wear a mask to walk in. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, if, if you're not vaccinated, you know, wear a mask. But like, how do they track that? And, you know, it's not like there's a bouncer at the entrance saying, hey, you know, show me your vaccine card. But anyway, that's aside the point. It just feels like things are coming back to normal again, that it's just, yeah, it's just kind of weird, like trying to figure out like, okay, do I just kind of pick up where I left off before the pandemic hit or what? And so with that in mind, you know, Auntie Jen, why don't you share with us, you know, nowadays, and even if you are going through a transition right now, as things are opening up, what keeps you busy or excited about life nowadays? Planning vacations. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, like last night we went, we went to a graduation party and even my youngest daughter, Teo, she was like, so is it going to be a drive-by party? Or are we going to just stay there? Yeah. She's like, and do I have to wear a mask? 
Yeah. And and this is a group of friends that we see often. So, and we, you know, it's funny because, you know, you, you walk in with a mask and then it just comes off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now with them, we don't even wear our masks, but of course there was going to be some other people there. So we walked in and she was like, oh, so it's not a drive-by party. I was yeah. like, no, it's not. <laughs> That's so normalized now. It is. Yeah. But trying to get back, like you said, Jen, it was like, it's weird because you think to yourself, okay, so do we just, you know, as of June, whatever date, are we just taking off our masks and things are back yeah. to normal? I mean, yeah, I don't know how I feel yet. Yeah. I don't know how life is supposed to go. It definitely changed you mentally or changed me mentally, I'd have to say. Yeah. I value oh. life more. I value like, I like the fact that it brought me back to like the simple things like wanting to craft again, mm-hmm. wanting to make food again, things like that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can remember those things and incorporate it into the future. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like the pandemic was this time of like, okay, when things open up again, I promise I'll be a different person, you know? And now that exactly. things are open up again, like I'm curious to know if people will keep to their word, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. It's like New Year's Eve. Our, you know, <laughs> Resolutions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, thank you for being candid about that, Auntie Jen, because I think a lot of us are feeling that way, right? Like a lot of us are like, I don't know, like, I think I have to go to therapy, maybe, you know, maybe I need to like rewire my brain right. to get back into normal life. Like, I don't know. And, and I think a lot of people share that uncertainty. So thank you for just being candid about that. You're welcome. Um, Yeah. And Marie, same question to you. You know, obviously you're in Hawaii right now at the time of this recording. I mean, as things are starting to open up, you know, what does life look like for you now? Or how do you hope that it'll look like now that things are kind of coming back to normal again? I mean, prior to the pandemic, I was traveling a lot, as you know. And then I think in October, during all of this, I did take a trip to Mexico. So that was like my first time. But they were super strict in Mexico at the time on pandemic well I thought they were strict I guess they weren't as strict as they later the like they totally didn't have any rules after but at the time when we went there there were a lot of rules still in place and it was more just a relaxing trip that was already like pre-planned like we planned it earlier thinking that everything was going to be fine by then and it kind of wasn't but it wasn't a wild one because Monique was pregnant so we did just take it and you know, kind of stay to ourselves and it was still social distance and everything. So that was my first time. And then I've kind of just been away. But once they let everything go, I did send a girl's trip. And I will tell you that the vaccine works <laughs> because also <laughs> since then, Chris had COVID. So I was in the house taking care of him and I still had to test because I had really strict precautions to come here. So that was like another iffy thing. So I did have to quarantine after that. Then tests and it had to be within a window before I could come here so that was another kind of fiasco and it had to have it couldn't just be from any provider you had to have a list there was a list that the state of Hawaii and it had to have their seal on it yeah so it was, I was curious about that like did they make you guys show vaccine cards or like well you, they couldn't make everybody get a vaccine but if you did have a vaccine card like there was like a certain wristband that we had and like I was like I for the flight that wristband off for like before the flight, all the way getting through. Yeah, like it was like wow. Hawaii is not a customs type of a trip. Right. It was almost like worse than customs. And wow. so they, they're like really, really strict about everything. And then once we got here, I mean, you still have to wear a mask when you're around, but I mean, it's like 50-50. I think when people are 
drinking at the pool, they're not wearing masks and they're right. in the water and everything yeah. else. But I also kind of feel like I'm kind of okay because I know every single person that's here got a negative COVID test too. Or that's true. So it makes you more comfortable. Yeah. So yeah. I felt good about that. But I feel like it's been decent. You still have to wear masks on the plane mm-hmm. regardless. I mean, and you kind of just, they always give you a thing to clean your surrounding areas one more time once you're in your seat. So oh, you wow. do have a towelette to clean everything just before you actually use it, which I feel like is okay too. I hope it and stays that way. <laughs> yeah, please clean the seat before too. I sit um, here. Yeah, <laughs> I know that the games and stuff, it's kind of different. So I'm kind of thrown into certain things. So there's been a lot of like breaking me in and then I go to a game next week. So. Yeah. Well, I think it also makes it difficult and maybe brings up more of that like anxiety and uncertainty f- for that to not be universal, for there to be like a different answer for every different place that you go. Yeah. And so for me, I think that's where I'm just like, uh, okay, I'm going to let everyone else go first and just, you know, see how it goes and give it some more time. And also, where am I going to go? I'm seven months pregnant, but yeah. Like did Mo wear a mask when she was delivering her baby? Like, can um, I take yes, my mask off? Oh God, they I'm going to pass out. Marissa had a mask. I know. Actually, I think at one point she ripped it off and nobody said anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going um, to. <laughs> she, yeah. I feel like, and they were strict with that. I mean, super, super strict on who could be there or not. And it's yeah. kind of the only way we got around it was when Vanessa and I signed up as the doula. Mm. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> okay. Um, there you go, Nani. And <laughs> you, yeah. You're wondering oh, how to get more than two people. Plan. I, I, yeah. I'll give you the birth plan. I'll give you the birth plan that we use. So yeah. you have to specifically use that one because that okay. birth plan will incorporate that. And I didn't even know all this stuff. I didn't even okay. have any of this knowledge, but yeah, I'll give you the special one don't use the one that Kaiser gives you or your standard hospital one yeah. that doesn't cover anything yeah I and found if one. you're gonna use okay. I don't want you to forget to use the um thing remember the placenta thing that I gave you yeah yeah so okay, you'll have so to tell me like what to tell them or what to write in the birth plan for that yeah so you want to make sure that that if you're gonna end up that they save it the placenta yeah and then that girl <laughs> um, Meet. I'm like, do I just give it to someone in a plastic <laughs> Ziploc bag or funny <laughs> will like Chad or your mom or whoever you're gonna have in there as your doula? Oh, he will um, not touch it. <laughs> oh well, oh, no, they remember gonna, like, to tell him you have a dog too. A dog? Yeah, tell him that because you know what they did with Maui? Because we were afraid that when they were gonna bring her home, that you know, because your baby. Dallas is your baby. And yeah. when you bring the baby home, you don't want, not that he could really do it, bite her. Bite yeah. him, we, so to introduce them, you're, they give you a towel that they used while you were birthing. You give it to the dog first and the dog oh. will know the baby before it even enters the oh room. Oh my gosh. Oh. I've never heard of that. Yes. Yeah. They have this whole entire plan for the, um, for your, your pets. Okay. Yeah, no, that is something I'm concerned about because he's so overprotective and he's so (laughs) territorial and I'm just like, Mm -hmm. bro, chill out. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure do that then. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Wow. I need to know all these things to incorporate in my birth plan. I just found like a really like general one online that I feel. No, no, no. I have one. We have one from, we have one. So I'll get, I'll give that (laughs) one. Okay. Yeah. Send it to me. And then yeah. So, and then just have one of them will be able to like figure out who you want to use. 
Yeah. And that's all you have to do. Okay. And then I, I yeah. So it, you'll, you'll be fine. And then that, do the, um, I'll take all your prenatals and everything. I mean, I, I'll tell you that, but that's for, for your placenta to be good. Yeah, no, for sure. I've been yeah. taking that every day. But yeah, anyway, yeah. so getting back to the point, <laughs> I know. getting back to the question. Little, little tangents over here. Just a little one. No, I, <laughs> I think that's great. The... Yeah, no, I love it. Well, I think it is a good time to wrap up. And I want to start with Auntie Jen. Is there any parting advice or anything you want to share? Maybe a mantra that you live by that you want to share with our listeners before we go? Like some parting words of wisdom. <laughs> parting words of wisdom. For me, back then, I always, and actually Jason always told me, you know, you always want to do something not, well, obviously a little bit for you, but that he's going to remember whatever you do and whatever you do is going to affect him because he was actually a child of divorce too. Mm -hmm. And so he used to tell me what affected him and he would say, you don't ever want to do that because of this, or you don't want to do that because of this. And so whenever I made decisions, I always thought about what type of effect it would have on my child even though maybe at that time it bothered me and it inconvenienced me at the time. So I think going back to like, even what Fredette said, if you don't love those other children, or if you don't love all the, that blended family unconditionally, then maybe it's something you need to think about before yeah. getting into a relationship. So I love it. I appreciate that you want to wrap up on that. Cause that's really how our conversation started, right? Like the first like half yeah. hour, I think was really just about blended families. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing Marie, any thoughts? Literally, I just think life's too short to be angry over anything or over exes. I agree completely about, you know, not taking on somebody with children if you don't think you can, can take that on, mm. you know, okay. Also that it's just life's too short and you're making all the new norms for these kids. So that's literally, I wish somebody had told me that before even though it seems pretty obvious now with everything that we're learning and stuff, I just wish, you know, if there was anything I could tell my younger self would be that like we're making, every, we're making all their normal right now. Wow. That's beautifully said. I mean, you create the normal for your kids, right? Like they look to you for what is normal. And so again, just both of you, thank you so much for being on the show and for showing what a healthy blended family looks like. And at least in my perspective, Nani, any closing thoughts from you? Yeah, I just want to emphasize again the respect and appreciation and admiration that I have for both of you guys centering each other's kids in your lives and, you know, like wanting to caring so much to create that experience for them or create that sense of home or sense of belonging for them, whether they be at Auntie Jen's or at Fredette's house, you know, and keeping that consistency, even, you know, with or without D in the middle of everything. And it's just really rare, I think, is the point that we're all trying to make. And there is a stigma around not just like baby mama drama, but exes in general, when you enter into a relationship of this like false sense of wanting to be territorial. And it's like, for what? Yeah. Again, you need to think about the impact that you're having on the innocent parties, which are the kids involved. And that's really the most important thing. And so I think that for anyone who is a part of a blended family who has step parents or who is a step parent, that's just something really foundational, like to sit with before you go forth in your family business. 
you know? So yeah, thank you guys for modeling just such a healthy dynamic. And again, something that we just don't see often. You know, that would be really funny if your kids said otherwise, they're like, what are you guys talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. We hated all of it. I didn't like them. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be so funny if they listened to this play and they're like, what were you guys talking about? (laughs) But again, it's your truth, your story, your perspective, both of your guys' relationship. And that's what matters. And we're so glad to have, you know, caught a snippet of that today in our conversation. So, you know, Marie and Auntie Jen, I want to thank you both again so much for being here. I mean, Marie, thank you again for coming back on the show of course. And also want to give a quick shout out to your sister, Auntie Laura, who is episode 101. So if you want to check out her story and her interview, go ahead and check that out. Episode 101. All right, that's it. We're going to wrap up here. So I want to thank you all again so much for joining us. And remember our academic paper, Panay Podcasters is out. Check out the website, PanayPodcasters.com. And if you want to get a hold of us, 415-484-8329. And of course our emails, Jen, that's J-E-N at TifaProject.com, as well as Nani, N-A-N-I at tifaproject.com t-f-a-w project.com all right we love you all and we'll chat with you in the next episode tune in next time bye bye, bye.